This is a Stroud Short Stories podcast. Stroud Short Stories is an independent, twice-yearly, live-lit event. I'm organiser John Holland, and today I'm bringing you one of my favourite Stroud Short Stories, read by its author. The story is The Acorn and the Oak by Jeff Mead. It's from the October 2016 Stroud Short Stories event. Jeff Mead lives in a house appropriately named Folly Cottage in Kingscott. The first thing he wanted to do as a child, aged eight, was to write stories. He says it took him another 50 years to find his voice as a writer. In the past few years, he has authored six published books of fiction, non-fiction, poetry and memoir. Jeff also writes a blog with the help of a canine companion, Ted. Frank was a successful writer. He'd published several books. He knew he was successful. Every morning Sharon told him so. Once he was dressed and sitting in his favourite high-backed chair in the bay window, she brought him a mug of tea, two ginger biscuits and his battered laptop. She plugged it in because the battery didn't hold a charge anymore, placed it on the cantilever table in front of him and opened the lid. Here we are, Frank she'd say. Time to write. Sharon was young, much younger than him. She was tall, blonde and pretty. Pretty like, pretty like someone else he knew. What shall I write? Oh, I don't know. Write another book like the other ones. Like the other ones? Yes. Then Sharon would disappear. One minute she was there beside him with tea and biscuits and the next minute gone. Frank wondered where she went. Just popping off, she'd say. I'll be back soon. Outside the bay window, Frank could see a large oak tree, slightly to the left of centre and halfway between the window and the hedge. This morning, there were no leaves on the tree. Maybe he could write about that. Sometimes there were those little shiny oak seed things among the leaves on the tree or on the ground underneath. Not today. No leaves and no oak seeds today. He thought about the tree for a while. He was sad that it was bare. He drank his mug of tea, dunking the ginger biscuits in the hot liquid to make them soft. Two biscuits. One wasn't enough and three would be greedy. The pale blank screen of the laptop glared at him balefully. Baleful. That's a good word, thought Frank. I'll use that word when I write. The laptop was awkward, the keys too close together. If you weren't quick, it repeated the same letter over and over again, or else it told you that you'd spelt something wrong. Frank didn't like the laptop. He couldn't remember buying it. Maybe it had been a present. Why would anyone give him something he didn't like? He was much better off with that other writing thing, he thought. Frank imagined his beautiful old imperial and its two-tone black and red ribbon. He flexed his fingers as if playing over the keys. He could write on that. He'd written whole books on that. Sharon said so. Maybe he wouldn't write just yet. He might rest a while first to see if anything came. He put his head back against the wing of the chair and closed his eyes. Just for a while. Just for a little while. Frank, Frank, wake up. 
The voice was insistent. Frank, wake up, you've got a visitor. Frank blinked his eyes open. It was Sharon speaking. Marjorie's come to see you. That's nice, isn't it? Who? Marjorie, your wife. Frank looked at Sharon, fresh-faced and smooth-skinned. He stared at the swell of her breasts under the white apron that covered her pale blue striped dress. Come on, cheeky. It's Marjorie. She's come to see you. See me? Yes, Frank. Frank looked beyond Sharon to the woman standing behind her. Her hair was thin and white. She wore glasses and the skin on her face and neck was wrinkled and scrawny. Gold and diamond rings gleamed on her left hand. The backs of her hand were mottled with dark blotches. She was old. Marjorie wasn't old. She's not Marjorie, said Frank. I don't know who she is. Well, she's come to see you anyway. Now don't make a fuss. Frank felt panic rising in his body. He wrapped his arms around his chest, hugged himself and started to rock back and forth. He stared out of the window, his gaze fixed on the oak tree. I don't know this woman. I don't know who she is. I don't know. No, no, no. Sharon put an arm around his shoulders. It's all right, Frank. She won't hurt you. Look. She drew his face round in her hands to look at the old woman who was weeping. She won't hurt you. Frank's breathing slowed and he stopped rocking. The old woman sat down on a chair beside him, reached out her beringed left hand and stroked his cheek. Her touch was very gentle. Frank liked it. He unclasped his arms from his chest and took her hand in his. Hello, Frank, she said. She was smiling now. She seemed nice. I'm writing, he said. Are you, dear? What are you writing, she said. A book, he said. Sharon said I should write another book. Well, that would be lovely, if you feel like it, she said. I do like writing, he said, but the words, sometimes the words aren't there. I want to write, but the words aren't there. Marjorie would know. She'd be able to help me. Yes, said the old woman. Marjorie would help you. She'd do anything for you. Do you remember her? Of course I remember her. She's my wife. I wish I could see her. I'm glad you remember her, said the old woman. What's she like? Frank closed his eyes. She's very slim, he said, like a dancer, and she has long red hair and bright blue-grey eyes that are always smiling, and she wore white at our wedding, though maybe she shouldn't have, if you know what I mean. I do, said the old woman, squeezing his hand. Do you love her? I've always loved her, said Frank. From the moment I first set eyes on her in the hospital when I made it back from Dunkirk. I expect she couldn't resist you, Frank, said the old woman. A brave, good-looking chap like you. Do you know where she is now? No, said Frank. We got married and had children. They grew up. But I don't know what happened to her. He opened his eyes and looked at the old woman. Do you know her? Do you know what happened to her? I know her very well, Frank. I hear she's very well. She still loves you, and she's very sorry that she doesn't see you anymore. Why? Why doesn't she see me? I don't know, Frank. I think it must be very hard for both of you. There was a long silence between them. The images on the television in the corner of the room flickered. 
The quiz show host beamed a toothy grin and burbled inanely. Today's star prize is a holiday for two in Gran Canaria. All you have to do is say which of these statements received the highest vote amongst our studio audience. Let me turn that off, said the old woman. I'd rather listen to you. She released her hand from Frank's grasp, stood up and went over to the television. Frank watched her as she walked away. She seemed to be shaking and when she returned her eyes were glistening. He looked out of the window as she sat down. I'm a writer, you know. Sharon says so. Yes, dear. You're a very good writer. They sat together side by side for a long time without speaking, staring at the oak tree. Its hollowed trunk was gnarled with age and scarred by canker and lost limbs. A sparse scattering of twigs clung to its skeletal form. It seemed almost drained of life. A solitary rook cawed from a broken branch. Spring was a long way off. Perhaps it would never come. Frank didn't mind. He'd seen many springs. One more would make no difference. He turned to the old woman by his side. If you see Marjorie, please tell her that I miss her. I will, she said. I promise. I'm very tired, said Frank. I'd like to sleep soon. Would that be all right with you? To sleep? Quite all right, said the old woman. Thank you for staying, for letting me stay so long. I'll go now and leave you in peace. She stood up, retrieved her hat, coat and gloves, picked up her handbag, bent over and kissed him lightly on the cheek. Goodbye, Frank. Goodbye, my dear. Then she walked briskly to the door and let herself out into the corridor. Frank turned back to the window. He wanted to fall asleep looking at the tree. As he settled himself, his eye caught the screen of the laptop, still open on the table in front of him. He saw some words in bold at the top of the page. He couldn't remember writing them. They looked like the title of whatever he had been going to write. The Acorn and the Oak. Acorns? Of course, that's what oak seeds were called. He raised his eyes to the tree and smiled. Acorns. Bright, shiny beginnings. What a good way to end. That was The Acorn and the Oak by Jeff Mead, which he originally read at the October 2016 Stroud Short Stories event. The next Stroud Short Stories event is on Sunday the 19th of May at the Cotswold Theatre in Stroud. Why not come along to the event and hear ten authors reading their stories? Tickets are on sale from the Cotswold Playhouse website from the 12th of April. The story you heard today is from our new anthology, which has 57 stories by 45 authors from the last three years of our events. It's available from local bookshops and Amazon and in paperback and Kindle editions. I'm grateful to Laura Bing for producing the podcast, to Ed Holland for the music. Thanks very much for listening.